it's Samantha and Maria and we're the Clarity Co. Here to help the driven build their dreams. This podcast will help you gain clarity in your business, show up authentically and scale with confidence. Our community exists to support you holistically because you're more than just a brand. You're a whole person here to make an impact on the world. Let's do this. Well, hello and welcome to this episode of The Clarity Co. I am Maria and I am joined by Sam and a very special guest who is near and dear to my heart. I have known this person for many years. Um, Please welcome Melissa Fisher-Goldman. She is a grief specialist and she's going to be talking to us today all about changes. And so welcome, Melissa. I'm so, so excited for you to be here. Thank you. I feel like Val- Sally Field for a minute, like, oh, Maria likes me. She really me. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Not only do I like you, I love you. I know. Um, I love you too. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, I have known Melissa for a really long time and I feel like when I really, truly connected. So I obviously used to own OC Mom Collective and Melissa was like the OG contributor. And we had, do you remember Melissa? We had lunch at Panera and like truly connected. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, this, this woman is so genius and has so much insight to just like made me feel so validated in all of my feelings. So, um, anytime anybody ever talks about grief or, you know, or I know another thing that I love talking to you about is like how we're the only ones who can, who can, um, let other people hurt our feelings, you know, like, like we're in control. I just, just has so much knowledge. So, um, yeah, I'm, well, I'm can we start the day like this every morning, <laughs> <laughs> every morning? Um, yeah. So Sam and I really wanted to talk to you about, you know, more about like business changes and like professional, um, how people feel in their professional lives, because, you know, a lot of the people that listen are, um, solopreneurs and Sam and I have kind of talked about pivoting in the past, but you know, what for you as, um, a grief specialist, what do you see for people who are going through changes? Maybe they're, you know, closing one business, starting another, what are the feelings that people are having? And, you know, I guess like, why are they having it and why it's okay? That's a lot of questions. <laughs> no, it, it's, I, I'm very excited to be here because it's like, it's a great time for me in my practice for this. And, and I'll explain why, you know, obviously I work with a lot of what you would consider like standard grief, like somebody died or left or whatever, or reproductive loss, um, which is amazing and wonderful. And it's very uplifting to help people through a hard time, but I'm still hearing all these hard things. So I like to balance it with um, just kind of the pure joy of helping people get out of their own way. And the area that I love the most is working with high achievers. And a a lot of these clients that I have are first responders, um, but also like solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, you know, execs in, in big companies, because we tend to have, you know, imposter syndrome or have to make these big changes and decisions and pivots. and, And that just messes with our head. And so helping them, kind of get out of their own way and be successful and have their best life is like a pure celebration. So it's a really good contrast and helps me prevent, you know, burnout and compassion fatigue Mm -hmm. and things like that. So it is an area like near and dear to my heart. So when you mentioned it, I was like, I'm all in, let's talk about it because (laughs) 
there's so many things that hold us back. Um, and now that I said that, I kind of forgot all your questions, but I think, I okay, think well, I have a general idea. What, um, yeah. Like you just said, like what hold, what holds people back? Like, yeah. So I wish I like, we were on a screen and I can show you like a PowerPoint, but you'll just have to, I'm very like visual and imagery. So just bear with me, everybody. But, um, I have something, I used to call it the circle of change. Um, and then a bunch of clients were like, it's really a donut lady. Like when I would draw it for them. So the donut of change, but if you think of our lives, as like these circles that just keep getting bigger and overlapping and, and as we do one thing, but the, the circle we're in right now is in the middle and that's present time. Right. And we're trying to get to these bigger circles on the outside, which is the change that we're trying or the, the new chapter in our life, whether it be a promotion or starting your business or taking it to the next level. <clears throat> and to get there, there's no way through, but this donut of change, right? Like you can't do something new without change. And what happens is change is uncomfortable, right? And we are taught as humans to avoid pain and discomfort. That's why you'd be hard up to find a house on the planet that doesn't have a bottle of Tylenol in the medicine cabinet or oven mitts in the kitchen, right? Um, but sometimes we have to walk through discomfort to get to something better. So, and the donut is thinner than, you know, it's a shorter amount of time. So if what you're in right now, let's say somebody's has a side gig that they love, you know, a side hustle, and they want it to be their full-time job because their full-time job is just making them miserable, right? So on a daily basis, they're averaging like a five or six out of 10 on the misery scale. And to quit that job and cut corners and stop paying a gym membership and a cable bill and going to Starbucks to make ends meet and really putting themselves out there and all the fear that goes can go with that to make their side hustle a full solopreneur, full-time successful job is scary. So that might take you up to a seven or eight out of 10, <clears throat> excuse me. But once you do it, your life is, the misery scale is going to be so much less because you're doing what you want and you're successful and you love it. And you're at like a one out of 10 because we're still human and life happens, right? Mm -hmm. um, but because it might get worse, might, and we don't even know for sure, right? People right. get stuck. I can't do that. I'm not good enough. What if it doesn't work? And then they're stuck. But we don't do any life transition on the planet without change and without some discomfort. But a lot of times the joy overlaps it. Like, so even having a baby or getting married or buying your dream house comes with some grief because it's new and different and you're leaving something that's familiar and comfortable and you always give something up for something new, like whether it be uh, extra sleep or, you know, um, not having to worry about someone else's, uh, interest on the TV when you get married or something like that. And so remembering that we can do hard things and walk through this discomfort because there's something healthier and better for us on the other side. That's how people get stuck. And that's what keeps us from believing in ourselves and, and making those changes. Ooh. I felt that to my core. <laughs> I feel like that's so true. And, you know, I think, you know, so Sam is a um, membership coach. So she helps people like launch memberships. And she said, there's like, you know, a certain um, type of person who will uh, 
like go for it all in, do it. And then there's another type of person who like likes the idea of the membership, who wants to launch their membership. But then at the end of the day, just feels like it's just like too much work. And I feel like, Sam, you probably have so much more insight into that, but like, that's kind of the person getting in their way because there is that change where like at the beginning, when you're launching this membership, you've got to put in a lot of work. Like you said, Melissa, like maybe you have to like your weekends are now dedicated to this and maybe you got to quit doing X, Y, Z, but once you get it launched or whatever you're trying to do, it will, like you said, the misery scale will go down your happiness, your free time, all these things will increase. Sam, I'm sure you Mm -hmm. have that. (laughs) Yeah, that those little creeping yeah. self-doubt thoughts come in, right, Sam? Yeah, I've got a couple girls that I've been talking to for gosh, probably months and months now. And every time we run EIA, they're like, okay, I I I really think that this might be the time. And then, you know, we talk about it and talk about it. And I'm like, hey, here's the thing. I'm not here to talk you into doing a membership. You have to believe at your core that you can do this and not only that you can do it, but also that this is the best thing that anyone could buy with their money or that your ideal client could buy with their money. You you have to believe this is the best way they can spend their money because if you don't, they won't either, right? And not only money, but the way that they spend their time and the way that they they can lean into the transformation and all of those things. Now, they can absolutely borrow like my hope and my strategy and all of those things. But at the end of the day, by the time they launch their membership, if they don't believe these things, there's no way that they're going to be successful. And a lot of them really struggle with not only can I do it, but will I do it? Like some, some of my clients are like, well, it just sounds like a lot of work. And it's like, well, anything worth having is a lot of work. Nothing in life comes as this like easy peasy type of thing, right? Anything worth having and worth earning is, is something you earn, not something you just get. So it, it, it's funny because there's, there's all these different types of personalities. You know, there's the people who they'll just like dip a toe in and run away kind of thing, which is the one we're talking about now. There's also people who are really quick to start, but also really quick to quit. And then there's people who they really truly believe it, but they just need somebody to hold their hand the whole time. And, and that's really like where we want to get people to is like, know that you're human and know that you're going to make mistakes and you're going to need help and you're going to cry sometimes and you're going to celebrate sometimes and know that all that's going to happen. But at the end of the day, like you were saying, Melissa, your misery scale <laughs> is going to be more balanced out by the time you finish this. Yeah. Your words to them are describing it was so beautiful. Um, I think like what I would maybe add is um, that work doesn't have to be uncomfortable. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to feel like work. Like everything is relationship, right? Like we have a relationship with our employees or we have a relationship with our, um, I don't mean employees, I mean, customers or clients, you know, but in a relationship with our partner and a relationship with our friends. Right. And as we're healthier and we're in a happy, joyful, content place with our peaceful place with our life, all our relationships get better. So in a, in a marriage, for example, or a relationship like that, it's tons of work. Right. But, but in a healthy one, it's like, enjoyable, energizing work that you want to be a part of, right? When it starts to feel like 
like dreadful work, then, then there's some pivoting to be done and the same with business. Right. And so, yeah, a membership that's going to skyrocket your business and show your customers how much um, your worth and how, how, how happy they're going to be to be a part of it is going to be work, but it's going to be energizing work. It's going to, you know, it, it, it's not going to feel, you know, there's a saying about our plate being full and people getting overwhelmed when, when things on your plate feel like an obligation or they're not what you want, but when everything mm-hmm. on your plate is, is your choice and, and bringing you joy and peace and, and fulfillment, you have like infinite amount of room on that plate. I um, love that. <clears throat> and what I often tell people, you know, I, I, if I was working with those girl women who, uh, you know, are kind of dipping their toe and, and getting worried is, is first of all, with the ones that quit, it's like, sometimes we try things and we realize this isn't for me. I don't want to put that kind of work in, you know, I have colleagues who are saying to me all the time, why don't you start a group practice? And it's like, that's not where I see my energy right now. Like I, I really like being at all my kids' baseball games. Um, you know, um, I'm making a successful business by myself right now. And that's good for me. It's not that I don't think I can do it. It's that I don't actually want to. So sometimes we try things and, and if we're in a good headspace, we realize it's not for us and there's always room to pivot, right? Nothing is permanent, um, mm-hmm. especially in business. Right. Um, <clears throat> but with imposter syndrome, this idea that we're getting these external accolades and successes, but internally we fear we don't deserve them. It's like, what's the common denominator, right? All these other people in your life, all these colleagues, all these clients, all these friends and family, they believe in you, but you don't. So is it possible that you're wrong and everyone else is right? Or is everyone else wrong and you're right? Like statistically speaking, it's it's probably you. Um, So how do we shift that thinking? Yes, how do we shift that thinking? Well, I'm glad you asked, Maria. Um, <laughs> let me take a sip of coffee for that before I cough in your face and tell you some of my thoughts. And this is something, you know, Sam, that you can totally do with your clients. Um, you don't need a, you know, need a clinical, you know, mental health degree to do this. Um, when you hear them having a thought that's that's negative and projecting about the future or overanalyzing the past, I challenge people by saying, is that really true? Can you prove it? And we can all do this in our lives on our own too. When you catch yourself having a feeling that doesn't feel good, like nobody's going to want to be a part of this membership. Mm-hmm. Is that really true? Can you prove it? Well, no. And how does it make you feel to think that is the next question well, it feels pretty crappy. Like I don't, like I can't do that. What Mm -hmm. would feel better? Well, I have a great service to offer. I'm an attraction. These clients are already loyal. They're going to be more than willing to have this. That feels a lot better. I can't Mm -hmm. necessarily prove that either. Although I probably have more evidence to back that up than the first based on previous experience. But if you're going to tell yourself something that you can't prove, you might as well make it something that feels good and leads you towards your goals. I love that. <laughs> Cause we do it all day long. You know, I we do it that. all day. Long. We, we overanalyze the past, even if the past was 30 seconds ago and we worry about the future and mm-hmm. 
And that gets us stuck. And oh my gosh, does that get us stuck in business? That's why there's business coaches or therapists that specialize in business or sports or this, because we get so in our head that it paralyzes us. Yeah. So can we talk a little bit more about the transition piece of things? I know that so many of us, especially in business, but literally everyone in the world since 2020, so the last three years, have gone through some type of transition, right? And a lot of times those transitions were good for us, but they also caused some grief, right? And so I've had some personal transitions. We've had business transitions. Maria and I have pivoted a thousand times now um, with (laughs) what's happening in the Clarity Co. And (laughs) just talk about how those are normal, first of all. And second of all, like why they're important and why we should lean into them. What happened in 2020? No, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) Yeah. No, seriously, the entire world looks different than it did, right? Like talk about change. Like there's not a person on the planet that didn't experience some change. It's exactly, these are unprecedented times and, and we're all kind of figuring it out together. Um, So Okay. So tell me a little bit, uh, repeat like the last part of your question for me <laughs> in terms of, cause I could talk about the last three years infinitely. So um, what exactly is the message that you want? Well, I think I want to talk about the grief portion of pivoting, even if it's a okay. happy change or even good change. I, we want to talk about that because like, I think so like we get our heart set on what was what we thought was meant to be mm-hmm. and then what was meant to be or what we thought was meant to be is not possible any longer. And we have to, we've kind of had to change our hopes and dreams to match what happened in the world, which had no, I guess, no, like it wasn't something we did, you know, it wasn't a consequence of something we did, which like I'm, it's easier for me to deal with something. If I cause something, I can deal with the consequences easier than if something happened to me and I had no control over it and I have to change because of that thing that happened. Yes. 100%. So let's say like, for example, a buffet, right? It's very hard. (laughs) Like (laughs) donuts, plates, (laughs) <laughs> I mean, you, you, yes, I, I like food. I, I'll, I'll put that out there, but we're you here. know, there were quite a few years there since 2020 where you weren't going to make a business doing a buffet, right. Where everyone's putting their hands in the same thing. Sure. Um, I thought about this because I, I took my daughter to the mall not that long ago. Uh, and I told her, Oh, I'm going to take you to the sweet factory as like, you know, like you've never been this like inaugural, we'll make a little bag and they have everything like pre-packaged. Oh, so you can't stick your hand in there, but it's like, what if I only want one peach ring? Now I have to right. buy a peach ring. It's very sad. It may never change. Right. Like, mm-hmm. which is like, I mean, in, in the scheme of grief, like I'm not downplaying people's grief. Like, obviously that's super minor. I didn't need to do the tools around it, but like, that is still a grief. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, she'll never have this experience potentially that I had. Same with like, um, after 9-11, you know, people who were not 
old enough to be traveling or or even alive then never know what it's like to like pick your loved one up at the gate or let them go you know Mm um and so I there are so many things to grieve with COVID and the last few years especially in business so many businesses had to pivot and some I would say the ones that were success. Okay. So I would argue, and actually my, my dad pointed this out to me, not that long ago, we were having this conversation. One of the greatest traits a person can have to be successful in life is good problem solving skills. Mm -hmm. And I would add to that, that when somebody has a healthy enough mindset and the confidence to, to pivot and, um, and shift and believe in themselves and not get held back when that happens, those were the businesses that survived, right? That had to make changes. Not every business had, I mean, even I, well, I would argue probably every business had to make a change. Um, It'd be rare to find one that didn't. I mean, I, I went from seeing everyone in person to seeing everyone virtually overnight. Right. And then gradually made changes with that. Um, and you know what it did? It opened opportunities because I'm licensed in the state of California, which means that I can see anybody in the state of California, but nobody's driving four hours for right. a big state to go to therapy, but they certainly will flip on their computer. So now I have clients in four counties, which never seemed like oh, a possibility okay. before. Right. And I still have people that come in person. I have like a good balance now that things are somewhat back to normal in sense of, in terms of, um, germs and things like that. But um, so my point is that when you have the confidence to say that didn't work, that doesn't mean we failed. That means we need to do something different. And a lot of times walking into something that doesn't work opens doors you never thought were possible. I use myself as an example all the time. I was a hospice social worker for years. I worked for a wonderful, one of the largest, oldest hospices in the nation. I was quite successful, but there was a glass ceiling I wasn't going to break as a social worker because I couldn't write medical orders. And I had a lot of skills that I was helping with administration, better practices, management, but there was no title for me. And um, Mm. I got headhunted to a small hospice I'd never heard of to do all those things, to be the director of all non-medical personnel. So volunteers, bereavement, social workers, chaplains. And it was a huge leap of faith. People really questioned what I was doing, but it was like, this feels right. And it turned out to be a Mm -hmm. terrible company. (laughs) I learned wonderful (laughs) things. I met amazing people though. And it got me to where I am today. And I have this beautiful um, business I own by myself where I'm the sole practitioner and, um, and I make my own hours, but that pivot was terrifying, right? I really had to work these tools we're talking about and tell myself I could do it. And, you know, it was uncomfortable for a while. I worked like five, you know, contracted positions. I was working harder than I was before, but I knew it was a means to an end. And now I have this balance that I'm loving. Right. And so Mm -hmm. when a company, you know, I, I've seen, um, companies be having to stop produce what they were producing and start producing, um, you know, uh, face masks and, um, and, and shields and hand sanitizer. And then when that when that market got smaller, then they had to pivot back to something else and they stayed alive, 
right? Mm -hmm. The ones that just threw up their hands and said, this isn't going to work for us. You know, they, they didn't. And and it's sad. And, and, and I wish they'd had someone like, like you in their corner with the memberships or me, or, you know, to tell them like, there are options out there. Did that answer your question or did I go off on a tangent? (laughs) Totally. No, I think that was, I thought that was great. What? Okay. So what about the feelings that we have when, so like, for example, Sam and I, because of the pandemic and all the things we have pivoted to, um, instead of doing, you know, these in-person meetups and all these different, and then, you know, we were doing virtual, but didn't seem like people were as interested because I think they were overloaded with the amount of virtual things that they had to attend. And so we closed that portion of our membership. And now we have, um, just our let's get real where we send people their, um, like trending audio for their reels to help them get more exposure with their reels and stuff like that. But that decision to close. And we had, we felt like we had a really good idea. It was Sam's idea to do this. Let's get real subscription. So we felt like it was a really, really good idea, but the idea to close the membership portion was really difficult. And I think for sure, Sam, more than me felt like a failure. We were also very excited for what was to come. So, I mean, can you talk a little bit more about that's the, yeah, I knew I missed a piece. Um, (laughs) Yeah, uh, it's okay to grieve, right? When, uh, you know, I think some people cringe at this, but when when you're a solopreneur, your business is your baby in a lot of ways. Like, obviously different than a human baby. Nobody put comments in the chat, um, you know, <laughs> but but it, you put your blood, sweat, and tears into it, 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 it means something to you. Like, it's very easy sometimes when you work for someone else to to check out and to turn it off on the weekends and... And we have to like learn how to do that when we work for ourselves so that we have that balance because we, it's, it's all or nothing. Like if I don't go to work, I don't get paid. My clients don't get seen. They leave. Right. Like Mm -hmm. it's a lot of pressure we put on ourselves. So then when we've created something that we believe in and we have to let go of that something, there's grief, but also we, if we're in a good headspace, we can see that there's something amazing on the frontier that could be even better for us and our clients or customers. And so the thing to remember is um, that you can feel excitement and joy and peace and all these positive emotions at the same time as grief. You can't really feel those positive emotions and anxiety or worry or anger at the same time, but you could be sad and happy at the same time. Like so many of us have when you've like, you know, been at a funeral and you've laughed and cried at the same time. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, Here's another visual for you. And, and uh, maybe Pixar will send me some free gifts, but um, the movie inside out (laughs) is a great, like, I really feel like they had a grief specialist on staff when they were writing and creating it. Um, So I don't Mm want to like, um, you know, give it away if you haven't seen it, but adults and children alike go watch this movie (laughs) inside out by Pixar and Disney. But the reason I talk about it is because the, in the mind, they have these memory orbs that are a a color based on a feeling. And as the child grows Mm -hmm. developmentally and gets more sophisticated, they can have multiple colors on them at once. So she could 
feel happy and sad at the same time. Joy and sad. Joy is better than happy because joy is something you can feel when your brain is quiet and you're present. It's an authentic, organic emotion. Happy is a conditional emotion, like like mm-hmm. sad and angry where we and anxious, where you have to have a happy thought or be doing something happy to feel happy. So we like joy better. And they even did that. They didn't call her happy. They called her joy, probably because that's also a name. <laughs> But I'm hoping it was because they have some amazing grief specialists there. But um, so remembering that when you're when you're present, when you're believing in yourself, when you're when you control your thinking to be more positive, you can have grief and still have good emotions like a man who trains for or a woman who trains for 20 years to climb Mount Everest and gets to the top is elated with pride and joy and relief but also maybe like feeling a little sad that their grandpa isn't alive to see it happen because they were their biggest cheerleader, right? Like we can't get rid of grief because loss doesn't disappear. We can't forget this amazing program we had at our business, but we can be grateful for what's to come. So allowing yourself to have that complex emotion and acknowledging the grief and letting it drive you to something better. Like, look, I'm surviving this discomfort, this pain, this sadness. Um, so therefore I could, I could do anything. And if I create something new that I love just as much, it may ease some of this pain that works with business more than it works with people. But when you lose a person, but, um, or animal or things like that, but, um, but it works in business. Like it takes the edge off, right? Like, Ooh, like that really hurt. I lost bajillions of dollars in Bitcoin, but look, I was able to make this new investment and <laughs> keep my family afloat. So it hurts a little less, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was just an example. No, no need to make a GoFundMe for me. Although <laughs> I could use a vacation. Uh, <laughs> so. Wait, did you really lose money? No, I did not. I'm no, mm-mm. I don't even understand what a Bitcoin is. And I'm, I'm one of those people who's like, what's the safest way that you can invest my, um, you know, um, it's not a 401k. What's it called when you own your own business? Like my step Ira, oh, um, yeah. where I make money, but don't lose a cent. Like, and, the, and he just like rolls his eyes at me. Like I I'm very, I'm like the gambler in Vegas who like comes in with 40 bucks. And as I win it, I put it to the side and only play with the winning because it's terrifying to me. So mm. yeah. Oh, I, I, I only 20 bucks. <laughs> yeah. No, no Bitcoin for me, but, um, but I use humor because Otherwise, I don't know how we get through life. To me, it's the best mental health cure on the planet. Like you got to laugh at the hard stuff. Um, and, and, and that's healing. So, you know, so, and we, I don't know that we use humor enough in the workplace. Mm. Um, you know, what, like if you're in a staff meeting, I mean, or even just like, I don't know, my staff is my family, like because <laughs> because I'm a solopreneur. My husband works on my website, you know, and I'll make a joke like, Hey, if you do this for me, you know, your bonus will be a sushi dinner or whatever. And then, and then like, I'll joke about what's not working and what is because, you know, not actually clients because I can't talk about those, but it's probably easier in some other jobs that you see in your business to give an example. But, um, I mean, if you don't laugh at yourself, 
then, then you're more likely to judge yourself. And, and it's not, even if it's not about fault, like when we, we look at something with a critical eye, like, oh, I tried this reel and nobody liked it. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's just information. So that kind of reel isn't what my viewers are looking for. Now I make a different kind of reel instead of being like, oh, I suck. I'm not creative. Nobody's going to keep liking me. Like, the judgment is just harmful, right? So if you just see things as information to learn more about your business, it's, it's data. Um, yeah. Then we're so much more peaceful in the workplace. And then you could laugh like a week later, like, oh, oh my God, that real bombed. Like, and you know, you make a joke about it and it feels better. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, you know me, I do love a laugh. I'm always saying yeah, someday it'll be a funny story. <laughs> because it may not be a funny story right here in a mo- in the moment, but at some point it will. And I also think that that helps, you know, especially if you're a solopreneur, having like a community of people who can relate and, you know, like you said, oh, I made this reel and it was terrible. It bombed. And you can be like, well, you should see the reel I made that bombed, you know, like I think right. you bond over that and and even, you know, like when you're pivoting in your business or you you had to make a tough decision when you, you can talk to other people who have experienced it and, um, realize that, yeah, it's not the end of the world. It's not, um, it, you aren't a failure. Like if you never tried, you were a failure. Right. But if you're trying, you can't, what Sam, what do you always say? Like, if you're, you always say something about, if you don't try, like trying is failure and I don't know, I'm bought, I'm butchering it, Sam. What do you always say about like, it's like uh, if you never try your, it's like a hundred percent failure, but if you yeah, do try, it's, I don't know. Like you keep trying, <laughs> if you, if you're, if like, like, if you keep trying, you actually never fail. Right. Like you just, oh, you, yes. you never stop. Stopping is yes. failure. Yeah. 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 You because only fail if you quit. That's what I say. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Fail when you quit. And it's so true. It's so true because, um, I mean, that word failure, it comes with so much judgment, negative connotation anyways, but like maybe that one thing you tried didn't fail, but you didn't fail. It's like mm-hmm. divorce right. is the greatest example or, you know, like closing a business or something. People mm-hmm. will say, oh, my business failed. My marriage failed. No, it didn't. Like you you did everything you could to make it something work that you had no proof would work from the beginning. Cause you're, you're not a fortune teller. You're not a, you know, a mind reader or a, uh, you don't have a time machine, whatever. And you, you did everything. And then you recognize that it wasn't working and that there was something healthier or more successful available in the future that you had to let this go to get there. That's actually a success. Right. Right. Uh, but then if you just sat down and never talked to another human again or went, you know, bankrupt and homeless and decided I'm done trying, I'm just going to, you know, sit in this corner, then maybe we can say you failed. But but just because a business ended or a relationship ended or something changed, that's not a failure. That's just part of life, right? Mm-hmm. You know, when, when your car exactly. dies and you have to buy a new car, nobody says, ugh. I failed at car at car owning fa- car. my car <laughs> failed. No, it just ran its cycle. Like things have expiration dates sometimes. Um, relationship. Exactly yeah. I, I absolutely refuse to believe that like failure is a true thing. Cause it's not, it's always a learning experience and you 
you literally have to go through certain things in your life to prepare mm-hmm. you for what you're meant for next. 100%. Like if I had, if I hadn't worked like all these jobs that like worked me to death and barely paid me, I wouldn't have been half the business owner I was, you know, or I am like, it just, it, it, you have to go through certain things and they're all stepping stones and learning experiences. And so I, I don't view our pivots ever as a failure, but I do grieve. It's not, it's not that I'm actually even grieving what was it's grieving what I thought we were meant for. And kind of changing the view of where we were meant to be, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. It's getting out of your own way. Like I will get ready for the real eye roll, like maybe visual gag of, of cliches right now. But when people say um, you can have a life beyond your wildest dreams and like everybody wants to like gag and roll their eyes, it's literally true because if yeah. you get out of your own way and you stop putting barriers on yourself you end up having dreams or or allowing the energy of things you never would have thought of on your own in. And then you look back 10 years later and you're like, holy crap, I've created this amazing life that I never would have dreamed of. If, I, if you told me 15 years ago that I would, well, maybe 15 is too low, 20 years ago that I'd be married to this amazing human I'm married to with these amazing kids and that I'd own my own private practice, I would have laughed in your face. Like none of those Mm -hmm. things seem possible or were what I even thought I wanted, Mm -hmm. you know, but I did the hard work on on my thinking and got out of my way and stopped holding myself back and worked on the imposter syndrome. And now I truly have a life beyond my wildest dreams is it perfect? Yeah. No, nothing's perfect. That's why I always say one out of 10 on the misery scale, because, you know, life happens. It could, we're mm-hmm. always working on ourselves. Like we're always trying to level up and in our businesses and our personal lives that, that, that equals success. When you know that you, you're never there, there's always more. Mm. That's so good. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. And it's so true. And I feel like we're so afraid. I, one time I, I had a friend who, um, she was, this is, she wasn't in business. She was actually, uh, she had gone through a horrible divorce and, um, she started, she dated quite a few guys and then she started dating this one guy and she was like, Oh, I don't know. I don't, I'm just like, you know, what am I going to do? And I said, you know what, what if it just does work out? Like why it doesn't have to, you know, check all these bizarro boxes that we think, we have to check in order to begin or start, or, you know, this is the only way like I, Oh, and I was listening to this, um, thing I saw, uh, I'm sure it was on Instagram. It was like, I'm not very good today, but I bet in a year I'll be even better. But if I wait until I'm good, I'll never start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. And you, you know, know, I would, I would just say also, like, if you, um, we live in a society that pushes us to do more and like the should com- like complex. Mm-hmm. Like I should work harder. I should make more money. I should exercise more like should, should, should it's all this pressure. And actually mm-hmm. that, that doesn't serve us. Like um, we add to our business, we enhance it. But when you're content, when like for me, for example, I'll use me as an example. It's, you know, my goals right now is to not, you know, not have to pay for marketing to be successful enough that people come to me. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that my schedule is full every week. Like for me, that's enough right now. 
But I also know that life is going to happen and pivot and I'm going to maybe like pick up a new niche or I'm going to start doing groups or workshops or maybe someday I am going to take on interns like but I don't have to focus on that or need it because I need more or I need more because then then you don't have clarity and then you get foggy by the by the shoulds right and mm-hmm. and I'm going to look mm-hmm. back in 10 years and I'm confident that it's going to be like wow look how my life and business have grown right so maybe you add a membership maybe you you know get more followers but that's just part of the work instead of like, I need this, like, Oh, I have this, but now I better get another location and I better hire this and I better do this. And I need to be in five States. And it's like, no, like now you're not in the present. You're not enjoying what you have. Like there's a balance. And, and if we are in the mindset that I'm always getting healthier and, and growing and enhancing my business for my clients or customers, like it, then, then you're taking the necessary steps in the right time present instead of trying to force something to happen. And then there's so much, you have expectations and there's so much more room for, for judgment and for quote unquote, thinking you failed, right? Like expectations Mm -hmm. are so specific. We can't, we have so much lack of control in the world. You're going to end up disappointing yourself. But if you have intentions, like I want to see my business continue to flourish and grow in whatever way it's supposed to and be successful. And I want to always feel fulfilled and content in it as much as possible. Like those are more generalized and doable, you know, and, and, the, and, and you remove that, that self-judgment um, and, and mm-hmm. the pressure put on ourselves as solopreneurs. So, oh, yeah, I think there's so much pressure. And, you know, I, I definitely think there is, you know, the type of person that becomes an entrepreneur or a solopreneur. And with that personality type comes just an, an innate ability to put pressure on themselves, right? Because you kind of have to like have a very strong work ethic and you are very self-motivated. You don't need anyone telling you what to do. And I think with that comes the pressure and the expectation and the shoulds, because that's kind of part of your personality. But that's why, like you said, as an entrepreneur, solopreneur, you have to learn how to take breaks on the weekends. Whereas if you were probably working a nine to five, you don't, you don't have to learn to do that. You just are for the most part, I would say, um, you're like, I don't work on Saturday and Sunday, but I just don't, it's not, it's not all consuming because it isn't all or nothing. Um, in our minds. So, Mm -hmm. and and I, and if you, if you are a solopreneur and you are looking towards a pivot or a life transition and, and you're feeling like I can't do this or, or you're feeling the grief of it, I encourage you to stop, you know, get in a quiet space and look back at where your business was the first month year that it existed and, and, and where it's grown. And you'll see that you're constantly pivoting and going through life transitions. And what happened in your personal life as your business was growing? Did you move? Did you get married? Did you have kids? Did a dog die? Like who, you know, what is it? Cause that's not stopping either. And, and you'll realize like, wow, I do this all the time. I can do this, but sometimes there's like a new one that jars us and we get, we think we can't do it or the grief is bigger than it was with the smaller pivots. But, but I think that that's so affirming to see that, like, this is just how we live because there's so many things out of our control and so many variables and the world is constantly changing 
that our businesses are constantly changing and we're constantly changing. And sometimes it, it stops us in our tracks and we have to remind ourselves like, wait, we do this all day, every day. Mm. We can do this. And, and, and also honoring when the grief feelings are bigger and feeling them and, and then don't stuff them down because they come back bigger later. Um, acknowledge them, but also acknowledge what's positive about these changes or what can be in the hope and, um, and then move and then you keep moving forward. Yeah, you have to. <laughs> well, Melissa, we could honestly keep talking forever because I mean, you just like uh, barely touched on the coulda, shoulda, woulda. And I know that's like a whole nother thing that we can talk about, but um, I am just so thankful that you were able to spend some time with us today and chat with us about, um, you know, the, the grief and what's holding us back and how to move forward. But um, if people want to contact you, can they email you? Can they follow you? Sure. Where, where um, do they do that? I probably could use your services. I am not as good about using my <laughs> social medias as I could. Um, but it's Melissa Fisher Goldman, uh, LCSW, Licensed Clinical Social Worker Therapy. Um, it, that's, you know, terribly long, horrible name. Because like I said, I, I don't have, I haven't hired you yet. Um, <laughs> but uh, I have a Facebook and an Instagram. Um, I, my website is also just my name, Melissa Fisher Goldman. You can contact me through that. Um, or my email, which is also Melissa at MelissaFisherGoldman.com. <laughs> because once you remember my name, you can find me, right? Everywhere. Um, <laughs> so, and it's a long name because I had a license before I had a husband. So um, that's how that works in the, th- in the mental health world. Um, but yes, I'm always happy to take a minute to answer a question or give you guidance on how to find a therapist in your area. Um, Not everybody needs therapy, but everyone can benefit from it. Um, You know, we we get in our head and sometimes we just need some assistance through these life transitions. And, and it's an honor to be on your podcast and it's an honor to help my clients and um, any chance I get to spend time with Maria is great. And Sam, (laughs) been a pleasure to meet you this morning so I really thank you for having me you yes well thanks so much yes thank you so much and I will put all of the contact information in the show notes so people can always reference that at any time but um thank you Melissa and um thank you everyone for listening we'll be back next week with another very exciting podcast so bye guys